Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Oh, it was real on Saturday at the Cotton Bowl. And not in a good way for the Longhorns. The scoreboard said Oklahoma 34, Texas 27, a seven-point loss for Tom Herman and company. But it certainly did not feel that way, and we will break it all down here on this edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howell. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. Yourself? Uh, ready to dive head first into this. And uh, a man who's always ready for some Texas OU talk. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist. For the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and here with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, in the 40 Acres, where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes back in, he will wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU. And when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, you get that black card. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brother. Rod. As always. I don't really know where to start with this. Uh, Before we dive into the numbers, just a generalization. Okay. There's two ways you can look at this game. One is the glass half full view and the glass half empty view. Hint, I think most of you listening to this are taking the glass half empty view, but bear with me for a second. <laughs> the glass half full view is Texas lost a seven-point game to the number now five team in the country uh, that looks like they're one of the better teams in the country with a much improved defense. Uh, and as bad as Texas played, they had a chance to win it in regulation. And this is still a Texas program that's – in a decade where we've talked about rebuilding and state of growth and yada, 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 and you know Texas is two years removed from a seven-win season under Tom Herman and last year nine regular season wins and played for the Big 12 title and won the Sugar Bowl and all that stuff. So you can certainly see it that way. I'm with the group, Rod, that looks the glass half empty and says, above all else, <laughs> above all else, the one thing under Tom Herman that you've been able to count on in big games is that they will be prepared and they will be physical. Yeah. So two things we've come to count on from Texas. And without question, the two things I can say about Saturday, they were not prepared and they were not physical. I agree with that. That to me things. is where yeah. we could talk about missed tackles and missed opportunities in the downfield passing game and all the other stuff. But for me, that is the most disappointing aspect of Saturday. And that's why it was a seven-point loss that, to me, watching it from inside the stadium, it felt like a 27-point loss. I agree with that. It felt like uh, Oklahoma. This this is what I said on the post game. We talk about how that game is about momentum in a lot of ways. I can't remember a stretch where Texas had the momentum for longer than maybe – Two, three minutes, maybe. Maybe in the third quarter when I, you sort of started maybe, moving the ball. Can you think of, I, I, I can't think of a stretch where they had it. You know what I mean? They definitely didn't have it on a back-to-back series, no, either offensively or defensively. and then have to give the ball back. Yeah, or right, special teams would do something bad, and then yeah. you would get deep into your own territory. It was just like how you talk about you, you know? your pick six in that and game. How, and yes, how exactly, yeah, exactly. The momentum was nullified after my pick six. Hate to keep bringing that up, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I get the, No, it is. I, get, I got the pick six. We go up 14-3. They immediately a return to kick off deep in our territory. Then they score a touchdown. They make it 14. Uh, I think he made it 14-9. Then mm-hmm. he actually goes for two points, all right, because mm-hmm. Bob Stoops understands, I don't know, we want to kill that momentum. We want to squash it. I want to go. I want to shoot it dead, bury it in the backyard so that Texas that fans don't even remember that. And we didn't. After the two-point conversion, That was it was basically it. It was back to business. And we never really got a chance to feast off that momentum in the game. Texas never had momentum for more than – 
one. I don't even know if they had it for a, a complete drive because during, even during a drive, maybe there was Sean Johnson run. That's that the drive. one. But time it was just because where, of that big yeah. play. It was a fifty, what fifty-seven yard play. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. you had momentum. You just got a big play and then you were able to punch it in. So I just don't know if they ever were able to have the momentum. Going to your point, it always felt like it was Oklahoma's game. There, even it, though. It was 10-3 at halftime, and it was still 2017 in fourth quarter. There was a point where that game was up for grabs. It was there for the taking. It, even though you played that's like it. you played like you know, I mean, there was no momentum. The it was lining. there for the taking, and still you didn't go take it. Oklahoma went and took it. That was a disappointing thing. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that was like 2017. I was like, I was like, man, we got a shot. Yeah. we've been playing really, because really bad, the, and we where, still got a shot. Where I thought Texas had a chance to grab it, and I'm not saying anything that's outside the box in terms of football talk, but. They they're driving and they get the field goal right before. Even though that offensive series was a clunky drive, yeah. Cameron Dicker connects on the field goal, and you're thinking, as bad as that first half was, it was awful in pretty much every phase of the it game. It was. It was pretty bad. It's ten three, and you get the ball back to start the second half. Yeah. To your point, Rod. To me, it wasn't momentum, but it's like okay. This game's there for the taking. Like, go, go take it. Go take it. Where's the, so Cause cause normally you're used to oh, you putting the foot on the throat in those situations. Trust and you me, I remember. It out of, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you make a sex, everything's mm-hmm. exacerbated mm-hmm. in that game, right? Everything is blown. Everything is taken to the extreme in that game. So I'm, I'm but you know what? That goes to OU too. When do they make their mistakes in the red zone? Yeah. In the worst possible yeah. offensive situation, you made the worst possible decision. So yeah, it was. I, I was shocked that Texas didn't go out and try to, you know, either with the game plan or a tactical change or even with the leaders and the captains on the team to say, this is Texas OU and it's here for the taking. Guys, it's here for the taking in the fourth quarter. Uh, I never saw anybody make that initiative to go out and take that game, whether it be the coaches or the players. They didn't want it bad enough, unfortunately. And that's where the sort of one thing we've talked about the last few years that Texas has lacked and has also been poor at stopping is explosive plays and the explosivity. And even though Texas was able to get the stops when Whenever you forced OU to go and make a long drive, you could see that, well, if you do it 10 times, we may stop them in the red zone. We may do something. Yeah. But what beat Texas? A couple big explosive plays. Now, were some of them maybe because you missed the tackles yourselves, or some were schemed wide open. Some were just because Jalen Hurts identified man coverage and didn't have a spy and would run and take off. Thing was, is Texas lacks explosivity. So, in those few plays, whenever you have a chance, they get a big score. They get seven points rewarded from it. Texas is fighting hard all game long. Yeah. Get stops, keeps you close, but you drop the pass. Say Colin Johnson could have busted for an 85 yard touchdown. Down or like the Brandon Eagles, exactly. So, the ideas in the areas for explosivity, those were there, weren't capitalized by Texas while they were for Oklahoma. And it was only because Oklahoma over time was able to move the ball, but you Texas made a few plays on defense, just wasn't enough. You can't do that if you aren't going to be able to get both ends to support one another. It had been the offense supporting the defense for most of the year, now the defense helps support the offense in this game. Yeah, no, the defense, in my opinion, I know people will criticize the defense too, but I thought the defense kept you in the game for three quarters. And I think the dam broke, as inevitably it will, against a top top two, top three offense in college football. Two players beat you. you. When you can keep the best offense, arguably, in college football to 10 points at halftime, honestly, I I can't say you hadn't done your job. Now, I know it it was ugly and it was unconventional and unorthodox, and people were like, man, you know, he should have did this and the missed tackles, and we'll get into all that. But, man, in terms of just the points on the board, dude, 10 points? And you know under I mean? man defense. 20, 20 going into the fourth, that's Tom Herman. That's on Tom Herman and the offense, man. Y'all got to – y'all. I always say playing with playing as a defensive player, playing with a lead, it's different as a defense playing with a lead when somebody's playing at a deficit. Yeah. I always compare it to just a confidence issue. It's like going out and hitting on women uh, with uh, on payday as opposed to hitting on a woman when you broke. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a you're a different you're a different person, and you, I think you play differently when you have a lead. And they you know they were playing with desperation and hell. If honestly, if Deshaun Jameson gets that other interception. It may be a totally an entirely different game yeah. because the stats are that when Todd Orlando's defense get three they get three turnovers they're undefeated with Tom Herman they're eighteen and zero you know what I mean like you, you I'm not saying that that would be the case but that's how drastic and dramatic those turnovers in the red zone were so it's you just that I mean? momentum shift it's it's oh man it was huge yeah. for them to get zero points think about the Te- Texas LSU game we got zero points of those two red zone opportunities that's mm-hmm. the game yeah. yeah that's the game in a nutshell you want to know what happened that's the game. <laughs> yeah, I uh there's multiple ways we can go about this, but I want to start I want to start with the Texas offense, Rod. And I'm with you. 
I, I'll be quite honest, and people can take this however they want, and I don't really care. I thought it was an arrogant game plan by the Texas staff. It's almost like the staff just came out and said, no, you know what, we're not even going to worry about what Oklahoma's doing. As long as we do what we do, we'll be fine. And that had been the case. But what we, we talked all offseason about this with Oklahoma's defense. Like, yes, their talent at safety is not what it should be at, Oklahoma, at a place like Oklahoma. And their corners, are they better? I don't know, but at least they're playing with confidence, which they weren't at any point last year. Yeah, Murray's confident. But they had talent in the front seven. Yeah, defensively. Gallimore. Yeah, Neville Gallimore is a talented. He's a freak athlete. It knows. Ronnie Perkins is probably going to play in the NFL. Kenneth Murray's probably going to play in the NFL. And the what Alex Grinch did, it's nothing that complicated. Rod, what's one of my favorite sayings? Football is a simple game made complicated by simple men. Love that quote. Sometimes it's just the the it's like Occam's Razor. The 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 best explanation is usually the simplest the simplest one. explanation. Yeah. I know I just butchered Occam's razor, so it's forgive right. me for that. That's right, but, man. No worry about it. Um, you know, it's almost like Alex Grinch went into this game and said, okay, if we try to play Texas straight up, we're going to get our face smashed in because this offensive line's good. And what's the one thing this offensive line's shown they don't do well? Don't handle pick-ups, movement very yeah, well. Which our offensive line does handle movement very well. Yeah. Um, it's almost like saying a defense can't defend a dual-threat quarterback. Well, okay, tell me a defense that does – yeah, good point. Act properly, defend a good dual threat quarterback. Thank you for saying that because that's yeah. very hard to do. Right. Um, well, you should try to keep a spy on them. Yeah. It would help. Anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll get to but that. I digress. We'll get to that. <laughs> I brought it up too. But it's <laughs> almost like Alex Grinch said, okay, they're really good once they get locked onto you, but you can't hit the target if the target's constantly moving. Yeah. No, no. And, and Texas didn't adjust at all. Yep. And they used Kenneth Murray to spy Sam Ellinger to shadow him and run stuff down in the alleys. And basically Oklahoma did everything Tom Herman said they were going to do. He said they he said did. they're going to move a lot up front. Yeah, Kenneth Murray's really athletic, and they use him in different ways. Yep. Their safeties, when they see run or they see screens, come screaming downhill down the alley. They did everything you said they were going to do, and you had no counterpunch yeah. at all. I agree. One hundred percent, and uh, I think uh, let me give props to Oklahoma and that defense. Though they were much improved, we said they were yeah. they were just you know I knew they were going to be better. Well, this was going to be the test for them. We were going to figure out how much better they were. Yeah, I didn't know they were going to be that much better. And I think yes, I think they did give them a schematic advantage. Um, you know, with the twists and the stunts and the loops, and that's something that Texas struggled with even versus LSU. And I think Alex Green saw it. And he was like, oh no no, that's something that we can do. West Virginia watched that LSU yeah. film, but yeah. I out of those nine sacks. I mean, and I think seven of them was like were by different players, so it ain't no fun if my homies can't have none. They, everybody got in on that thing. <laughs> yep, Neville true. Gallimore had two of them, and they had, Ronnie, had one Ronnie team had like one and a half. Yeah, man, Neville had got, one yeah. that's worth two. Oh, he had one that was a spin move, <laughs> the, 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 the first one yeah. uh, on Shaq. That was a beautiful – that was going to be an NFL highlight center. tape. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's I like counted – one mixtape. I only counted three ones that they got via the Blitz. Most of them, man, it was just movement. It was just uh, they, they, they would they, they would send three or four, yeah, but they would they would send them on a loops, an X stunt or a twist, and that's how they would get guys kind of wide open. So at times there would be two guys on one. He still get a sack because they they the offensive line missed they missed passing off the defender yeah. and the and the and the pass rusher. So yeah, I think Herb Hand now they got to go back to work because now that has been that has been identified as a weakness of your O line. So now. Everybody's going to do it. I mean, if you're, you're stupid if you don't that's do it. Simple. I get, I get, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's not even, you don't have to Thank God West Virginia didn't do enough of it. If West Virginia with the Steels brothers had done more of it, they probably well, would have It's like you it. talked about with the defense last year at the Maryland game, right? If you don't have fly sweep in your playbook, put it in now. Put it in now. Can't stop yep. it. All right, right now, yeah, if you're Kansas, you're like, all right, man, let's practice our, our loops and our twist stunts. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> uh, but so, I, just, yeah. I just thought it was an arrogant game plan, Rod. I didn't see any adjustments. And well, we said this about LSU. Mm-hmm. We came in here yep, they after up. the LSU game, and because you know it was a closer game, and you know it was earlier in the season, we were. And you, the one that brought up, you were like, I believe Tom Herman just said, you know what, I'm going to come in here and we're going to do what we do. We got a bread and butter, we got an identity, and we're going to beat them. Our guys are better than your guys. Almost using it as a test because we knew going into the Big Twelve, that's what mattered to Tom Herman. Exactly, going yeah. in the Big Twelve, so but that was our theory. Things were changing. Yeah, after that. we figured in the Big Twelve. <laughs> no, no, in the big games in the Big Twelve. Oh yeah, that's what he's going to break. Out. That's what he's going to see him get in. Innovative, very creative. That's you're gonna see them drop in some wrinkles, and I think we have seen some of that. But for the most part, 
going into that game, I thought early on, I thought he was doing like a rope-a-dope. I assumed he was setting Oklahoma up for something with the with the wide receiver screens and the very kind of simplistic route counts. I was like, oh, he's setting him up for so. Oh, dude, he's about to. I did lay, too. Nothing. I, I was like, he's and, about to lay the counter on him as soon as he's sucker him in. And you know what? And it never came. I was like, what the? That the, was it? Yeah, but you know what else too? <laughs> I, I felt that watching the game, and then I went back and rewatched the game last night, which I never do. But that's it was one of those deals I just couldn't yeah, sleep. And I'm like, I'm just going to rewatch. I've this game. watched it two times, and, I, I'm, and I'm listening to the broadcast. Joel Klatt saying the same thing. He's like, <laughs> surely they're setting something <laughs> up. Yeah. You know they said something up. There's no way they went into the game plan thinking. Because my point is, okay, so you basically telling me, Tom Herman, you didn't have a plan in case they people could tackle Devin Duvernay. On the wide receiver screen, like just just in case they were really good at tackling that, you didn't have a counter, you didn't have the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, and then you know what? And I will say this: Is it fair? Would anything work when your offensive line is getting beat like that? But the screen pass worked. The one traditional mm-hmm. screen they ran yeah. in the second half got like thirteen yards, and we've been screaming. You know what? They should run more of the traditional screen. We know yes. you love the wide receiver screen, but the tra- traditional screen when teams are use the screaming pass rush down against here, them, use their aggressiveness against. We saw only one of those, and that's why the Roshan Johnson <laughs> run popped, Rod. Exactly. Because when you're getting slants, what, what, what an inside zone or a zone run game is perfect against that. Because guess up, what? Move himself if out the run. Running back reads it right. Oh my gosh, the back! I could drive a truck through the backside B gap. It's wide open. Yeah. And like somebody asked me in halftime, like, what do you think they should do? I'm like, I think they need to try to at least try to establish the run because they didn't try in the it first was a close half. Game. You can't say you were out of the game. Right. That's why you just at least try to see if you can run the ball. <laughs> and then boom, you popped it. Roshan Johnson had 80 yards on two carries in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. But you never best. really went back to it. He was your best offensive player. And, and here's look. Here's the thing. I know everybody's going to wonder why is Roshan Johnson not RB one. To me, that's not the issue. The issue offensively to me is why do you continue to run 11 personnel out there when 11 personnel is clearly at this point not your best personnel group? Like well, with, all, with all due respect to Cade Brewer, let me just get this point out, Rob, okay. and then I'll let you. No, go ahead. This offense misses Andrew Beck, and we talked about the value of Andrew Beck is as a blocker because he's on a 53-man roster. Like he's, he's been an active NFL player this year, and the Broncos haven't been paying him to catch passes. Yep. He's on their roster because well, he's a blocker. Belichick brought him in first. Yes. Because <laughs> Belichick gave him a, Gave him a really big guaranteed contract <laughs> yeah. for an undrafted free agent. Yeah. I think it's the biggest one the Patriots gave out it, this year. It was, yeah. They just ended up, their fullbacks were good, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. But that's how good Andrew Beck was. And it's almost like they've taken Cade Brewer and say, like, okay, go be Andrew Beck. Okay, Cade Brewer's not Andrew Beck. Agreed. But at this point, Cade Brewer's not enough of an asset in the passing game to where you can say, okay, 11 personnel is your best grouping. If you'd like Keontae Ingram that much, and Tom Herman still does, Mm-hmm. Then start running more 20 personnel. 20 is a good personnel for him. Because honestly, Rod, yeah. at this point, can you tell me that Cade Brewer is that much of a better blocker setting the edge than Keontae Ingram would be? Um, Tom Herman would argue yes. But can you tell no me question. he's significantly that much better? I don't know. I mean, I well, I, I think he probably is, but it depends on how you want to use him. Yeah, it depends on how you want with no twenty personnel. You can use him. They'll be blocking you can't split different people. Out wide yeah, they'll be blocking different people. You know, what I mean, he's blocking more defensive ends and. Well, and then he's still the three, even though he's not a receiving threat per se, as we perceive perce- receiving threats. He still splits out wide but and will run routes and consume. I'll the body say this: the way I agree Ingram with you in principle. I agree with you because you know I've said the ten personnel. They need to start using more of that too. And I think I, I used the two. Yeah, I don't think you should abandon. I think they used the two drives in the OU game maybe yeah i gotta go back and track it i think i, I, I remember it maybe see. at the to, during the two minute drill maybe. i'd have to rewatch it because i, I was yeah, looking I, for a lot of time i, I really remember it's kate it. brewer though yeah because it's uh, which I, even in the two minute situation i'm like hey two minute situation you gotta score quickly they're still like a 90 percent 11 personnel team yeah so i'm with you and it's nothing against kate brewer but i'm with you at this point and you know i've heard people talking about this we know what the defense is and we're not getting big picture yet but just a quick point now, with all the injuries, which we'll get into a little bit later on as we talk about the defense and everything, this this team is only going to beat people by outscoring them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're going to beat people with – and honestly, the way, your special, team, baby. the way your special team is performing, you ain't going to win with hidden yardage either. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be honest, right? And your defense, yeah. with all the injuries, it ain't getting it, better. It's almost it, like – with special it, teams, it's almost like your return game is so bad – Whatever good Bushevsky and Dicker are doing is exactly. getting canceled out because your return team is so bad. Exactly. exactly. So you just average there. That's not going to win you games. Your yeah, defense. Let's be honest. Yeah, your defense is going to be a liability because it's just it's too beat up. It's too beat up. It, it until you get healthy. I don't know if there's much that Tarlando can do other than simplifying things schematically, which is going to also make you exploitable.
comfortable in the Big 12. Right. All right, let's be honest. Okay, so the offense, you got to score, baby. You got to do what Oklahoma did last couple of years. Say, all right, every every other phase of the game is not great, mm-hmm. but we have something special and unique on this side of the ball. We got weapons, so we got to score. And to that point, I think you're right. I think we can't afford wasted reps we can't afford you know what i mean wasted opportunities for guys like i need i need that you know that that uh that route you know that's that uh that corner route to go to jake smith instead of Cade brewer because there's a bigger chance of the explosive play you mm-hmm. know what i mean that we can score a touchdown instead of just getting a first down like that's how you got to start thinking because otherwise you I mean you could lose to a baylor yeah you could lose to an iowa state and i said it on my show hell you can lose two weeks from now to tcu Exactly. You can get out. You end up getting because out I, get, by Gary I guarantee Patterson. you, Gary Patterson is going to have a defensive game plan for whatever you're doing. So you better do something different. And Gary Patterson yeah. teams get better throughout the years, no yeah. matter how bad they start at the, at the beginning. And I, I mean, said this bad on, on offense, my show: but. Longhorn fans were only going to accept two losses and be kind about mm-hmm. it. OU and LSU. That's it. Everybody else, any other loss, they're not. Kind, they're uh, not going to be kind. They're not being real kind about the OU. I know, loss. but they, I know because it was ugly. But you know, it, we I understand. It's LSU. It's like yeah. you know what? They're yeah. they're powerhouses. They're a blue blood like there, us. There but, isn't a fire Tom Herman crowd. Yes, there you, might you be one to, if you yeah, know you lose to a Baylor or to even TCU. There's going to be people going to start coming out like yeah. you know what? I think well, this I guy's really, a joke. I don't even know if he's a real deal. You know what I mean? Like I, they going to get those guys because. That's the only losses that are acceptable right yeah. now. Okay, so let's get back to the offense. No, but I, I just think it goes back to the fact that this offense didn't look prepared. They didn't have any counter punches, and it's almost like they just expected to smash OU in the they mouth did. and to have success. Throw and deep one, balls. Our guys will beat your guys. And what? once OU hit back, it, it, it felt like some of the games we've seen, how we've seen Oklahoma play in this game the last few years. Like when Texas punched Oklahoma in the mouth and they weren't ready for it and just spent the whole game trying to recover. Yep. Texas got punched in the mouth early and then spent the whole game trying to recover. This is my thing. You saw – okay. Even, this is a frustrating thing. In the Big 12 title game, we saw innovation from them, right? When they yes. had to play OU twice. And maybe they're saving it for the second time well, they not. play OU, which would be stupid. But remember, when they, they put they moved Colin Johnson around, they uh-huh. put they, they, they motioned Deontay Ingram they outside of him. Yeah, and they put him inside in the slot. And they had him run the seam route. Then they had him run that deep crossing route. And, you know, you saw them try to be a little bit innovative. I, I, the fact that I don't see any bunch formations out yeah. of this, this team – it, it it's mind blowing in today's football. No, bu- no bunch formation. Did you see the inside joke that uh, Hertz brought two Starbursts out to uh, Coach Riley for the press conference, and they ate two red Starbursts? No way. He said they when you watch Jalen Hurts come in, he comes in silently, hands a red Starburst to him, <laughs> he eats it. And he just says nice, and then they go on. And I knew what exactly they were doing, and they were taking a step at Texas for not being inventive I mean, on offense. Look at CD Lamb. Yeah. Look at how they use him. He's moving around. He's a jet sweep guy. They got him doing uh, orb motion. Or, yeah. Man, they got him doing. Why? Why, why even let a t- give a team a chance to single him? Uh, in terms of his 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 position, yep. give a chance to single him out within their defensive coverage. No, move him around and then put them in a conundrum. Put them in a situation where they got to change the defensive integrity just to account for his movement. He then he can just be a distraction. Then he doesn't even have to actually get the ball. But when CD Lamb makes that move, the whole entire defense, I'm sure, is like, oh damn, mm-hmm. you got to change. Somebody's yep. got to account for him. And when you don't account for him, what happened? Yeah, touchdowns. Yeah. So I, the fact that they won't do that and they won't put Colin Johnson in motion or put him at a flex or put him at a minus split or put them in bunch formations to give them easier releases against corners and route concepts. That's why a lot of those sacks also coverage sacks. Yeah, and if Because you look, guys weren't open. And Jake, and bring, Jake Smith got open on the one he dropped, but damn, he was so open. Go back to it. What they are? Uh, oh yeah, you talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. And, and you know what? That was Jake Smith's fault because he's fighting the cornerback yeah, with one arm, hand, and right. he's trying to go. And Brandon Eagles did the same thing. Ball, ball hit him in the face, dude. No, when it when 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 the when the ball is there, you got to quit fighting and yes. go up with yeah. two hands. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. go back, go to, back it. to it. I agree. And they don't have to go more deep balls, but I agree that deep slot that was a. That was a nice one. Well, and yeah. while we're on the topic in the sacks, when you look at it, because it was the first time that you see Sam really just in standard down situations get so impacted. He was 10 for 18 but had six sacks, and passing down's only three of them. And you could yeah. see at times, because he had been so protected. And real and quick, has, Matt, real quick, yo, just reiterate, that's standard down situations. That's yeah, not passing downs. downs. So not yeah. on passing downs. Passing downs, he was 16 of 20. That's like third and longs and stuff like yeah. that. Three sacks, but he was... 10 of 18 for only 82 yards and was sacked six times. So you're talking about six sacks and then getting only 2.3 yards per attempt. And when you look at Sam overall, he's had such great pocket presence.
presence because he's used to there being a pocket and there being That's time. True. And the thing was is it seemed as if at first, the first few sacks, there was a couple where it was just sort of surprised him that, oh, my God, the rush was here and took him down like the great play by Gallimore a few. But then you could tell it almost, say, got into the conscience of him or not into the conscience of the staff because you still had some long-developing routes you and did. things where Sam was trusting his linemen to give him a little yep. bit of time. And in those situations, it was the norm was no longer the norm. He was getting yeah, no. impacted, and you didn't adjust. And didn't I was adjust. just thinking, like, yeah. You know, you, okay, your line's not holding up. All right, so what do you do? All right, we got to emphasize a quick game. All right, how do we do that? Okay, exactly. our, our receivers got to get open quickly. How would you do that? You know what? Let's put them in a bunch. Let's put them in a bunch. Put them in a bunch. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do starburst routes, and then somebody's going to clear open really quickly. And then once Oklahoma adjusts to that, then we can go deep off the starburst route. I mean, I didn't see any of that. I, right. They didn't. Very nobody, confined they didn't move in the our pocket. positions. You know, move the pocket. If, if, the, if the pocket is collapsing quickly, Let's move the pocket. Let's get him outside the pocket. Let's get him. You Something know, I Lincoln Riley does with right? every quarterback. Remember, remember, and you, oh man, I just I, it was it's just so frustrating that they never tried to do anything. They never helped out the players. The players, I agree. Trust me, and I'm speaking as a guy who wasn't ready to play in 2000, and I got my butt whipped at Texas OU. So I'm not judging anybody. Right. But the players weren't ready to play. We know that, right? The drop passes, right? Colin Johnson with the drop. You know, what I mean, like that's they weren't ready. Keontae Ingram. You early can point on. at a mistake you know I mean? by just, most. Yeah, the old line. They just yeah. Some of your, your captains early on, Shaq. They weren't ready, all right? Let's just throw that out there. Right. And the captain ejected. Right, yeah. So, And you know your offensive line wasn't holding up. So, you know, I didn't understand why the coaches didn't make the some necessary adjustments. The only, the only innovation I saw was putting Devin Duvernay in the backfield and that 21 personnel well, we've look. We've seen that before. I know. But at I least know. they went to it. <laughs> but new. that's a good point. I know. I know. That was the only point. thing I saw them try to do. I was like, well, uh, okay. What, what's okay. frustrating me is we've seen Tom Herman in big games at Texas and big games at Houston. We've seen him have something like, oh, wow, I haven't seen that before. Or, okay, Agreed. that's why they ran inside zone the whole game because they were setting that up to do this. Agreed. We didn't see that. No. And, look, this is a – I'll go back to this. You know, Lincoln Riley's often talked about the 2015 game against Texas where, mm-hmm. like, Puna Ford and Hassan Ridgeway basically ate Oklahoma's offensive line alive and Malik Jefferson was – Probably the, it's probably the best game Malik Jefferson played in his mm. time at Texas. And Texas just dominated Oklahoma in a football game. Yeah. Kind of like this game, but in the other way. Like, yeah, it was a 24-17 game, but it felt like 24-3 yeah, yeah. because Texas was just that Whipping dominant them. the whole game. Yeah. And Lincoln Riley's often talked about that game for him being like, you know what, i got to change the way I'm doing stuff. i got to get more innovative. i got to make use of my running backs. And mm-hmm. we saw Lincoln Riley change. And yep. we've seen Nick Saban say, you know what, instead of worrying about trying to stop these spread offenses, why don't I just start running spread myself? Yeah. Why don't I just do that? And mm-hmm. we've seen Ed Orgeron say, hmm. full disclosure, I don't like this offense, but I'd rather keep my job, so I'm going to hire Joe Brady to run this offense. Mm-hmm. This is one of those games, Rod, and Tom Herman's figuring out, like, yeah, you didn't get any, any questions about Kansas in the Monday press conference. Nobody cares, because nobody man. cares. Nobody because cares. you look that bad against Oklahoma. Yeah. And this fan base, to get back to your point originally, this fan base, not that they'll tolerate losses to Oklahoma, but that's the one, if you they lose a game, that's they the one that's like, it. okay, yeah. They understand it. Because Oklahoma at this yeah. point has won eight of the last 11 in this series. Yeah, yeah. They've had your number. And since 1971, Oklahoma's like, I think, 27, 20, and 3 in this series. So it's been a long time where Oklahoma's been really good against Texas. Yeah. But the one thing this fan base won't tolerate is being embarrassed by Oklahoma. And by, by anybody. Right. By any pro, yeah. Especially Oklahoma. Especially Oklahoma. Because that's your one rivalry game now. You don't and even have a and at the, the way, end of the year I, I don't think they were embarrassed. Yeah, and they weren't embarrassed this week. They weren't embarrassed. I would disagree they to an extent. They didn't play well, no, but I wouldn't say that was play. embarrassing. No, I don't think they were embarrassed. They were only, they, they, it was the margin of error, and, and you had a lot. They almost they beat they the top five team. It's just I like LSU. I played I, 2000. I was embarrassed. So you can't put embarrassed in a seven-point loss with a, what did I Rod, but you give up 40-something. Rod, but you give up nine sacks. You should feel some shame after that. It is. And that's the most, I think that's just combination of the, the coaches not giving them a schematic advantage at all, by the way, right. um, and as a result of them not being ready to play, but they still didn't get blown out, either because Oklahoma didn't take advantage of it or because there were instances, just plays here and there, where they kept themselves in the game. Yeah, in 2000, framework. I can't remember a damn play we made. We didn't make a play. It was quicksand, dude. It was just, it was a total... Because it was 35-0 like it, that. Exactly. Dude, the it TV was went out. It was so Every, ugly. You everybody everybody failed miserably, except for like Casey Hampton. Okay. So we can I think, instead I don't know of it's embarrassing. instead of nitpicking about adjectives, know, can we right, can we right. just can we just get to this? This was, is the this is the point I'm making. It was a failure. This is a Post game where failure. Tom Herman's got to decide. You know what? What I'm doing is fine 
but against Oklahoma, I need to be better. Yep. I need in big games. I need to have more than just trusting my guys to go make plays. To your point, what we've been saying this whole time, Tom Herman has to realize I didn't put my guys offensively in good enough positions to make plays. I have to change things going forward to I better prepare them for big right. games. And Tom this Herman is, this is one of those moments. Too. Right, he said he it. it he said in a press yeah, conference. Yeah, he, said he said it on Monday. Yeah. But saying it on Monday and actually making the change are two different things. Now I agree with you on that. I, 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 we've been talking about it for a while, and not that the eleven personnel bothers me. But we, you need to be considering the weapons you have and considering you're a Greg Davis disciple, you do need to look at those weapons and go, all right, you know what? To put my best 11 guys on the field, I may need to tweak some things and I may need to dive into some different personnel packages. I'm with you. The 20, if you love Keontae Ingram so much that you're not even willing to admit that Rashawn Johnson is already should be the starting running back. Because it's not a debate anymore. It's not a debate anymore. You're the no. only one that is not actually on the, oh no, Rashawn Johnson should he be the starting running back. He just knows you might need two it. running backs at yeah. some point, so yeah. he doesn't want to jump off yeah. slowly. No, and but, you're going to need them both, yeah. but you say it's a meritocracy. You keep talking about how everybody's got to earn everything and it's a, okay, well, he's he's earned it, coach. I mean, he's he's earned it. If you're going to stick with that philosophy and that ideology, then you got to show everybody that. And I think, you know, that's part of him being stubborn. He just doesn't want the media to be right. Well, that's something about, you know, he's still going to, he, he might end up starting Rashawn anyway. And who knows? Yeah. He may not do it because of Keontae Ingram's fragile state, whatever. But one thing is, he does not want the media to be right about Rojo and the fans to be right about Rojo. It's one thing coaches don't like. They don't like for the fans and the media to be right. Then they got to turn around and the tail wags the dog. And no, it also if, would mean <laughs> that we, our team isn't as good because if you have just one running back instead of two, then that's a detriment. No, no, like, no. He's I, don't, yeah, I, don't, like, under, I But don't I think understand. while we're on the offense, I want to just point out one thing. Like the the confinement, like I, I really like the way that we've seen this offense uh, sort of evolve to a place where they have defined roles and you see that they actually can be used well in those roles. But also I think it's almost been confining as to sort of a preconceived idea of what you want your offense to be. And right now, as we're talking about this, it's made it predictable. It's exactly it's made it predictable. It's confined it. Yeah. And then now you have it's these defined And then also that you aren't really willing to change, which would be anti Herman if you look at it philosophically from a football player. And the idea of not wanting to go 20 or to 10 or to go and make these little changes or like to take a guy out of his comfort zone in this role, it does make it to where like just go and change up and have a couple of those bunch routes like you say I know it isn't conventional what you do but the confinement within the framework of this offense can be something that might be holding it back at times and you know what you got to walk the fine line I think you know great coaches do break tendencies at the right time I've always said that we talked about the Super Bowl last year Patriots played more deep man defense than anybody else mm-hmm. in, in, in the NFL but in that game they played what 50-60% what zone yep. in that game uh, so they just broke tendency and the Rams never really could you know they couldn't grasp the, the game plan. They'd only and seen it like 10% of the time yeah, all then, season. Exactly. Then that then, then the 22 personnel, right? They run empty formation out of 22 personnel. It only happened 11 times the entire season. Right. But the Patriots, the only way they were able to score a touchdown in that game, and they were able to uh, try to try to beat Wade Phillips in that defensive chess match. I don't see Tom Herman breaking tendon. We all we keep anticipating it. We, we, were talking about, we keep we keep talking about it's going to be this. Maybe it's going to be that. Ooh, we're going to see this. And yeah, we've seen. Duvernay That's what we did on last week. Last week's show at every radio bit yeah. I did last week exactly. was guessing on what the counterpunch. And then my be. main fear yeah, exactly. was that Lincoln Riley was going to look at our offense and just be like, "All right, we'll stop that," and everything comes off the. X and you're and right. You're Lincoln there. Riley probably was a big part of breaking down that game plan and going, "Oh right. man." They, this so is all eliminate Duvernay and then everything else you know? can fall apart around And it. we've broken down the tendencies, right? That Duvernay, what, 40% of all of his targets are behind the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage, 60% within five yards of the line of scrimmage. They know that. They're going, right. well, hell, I know he's a, I know he's got world-class speed, but he ain't using it. They go downfield, so we let's aren't just, spreading the yeah. field let's just, with let's it. Just, let's just flat foot read everything, and let's just pounce every damn time. He doesn't run double moves out of the slot. Imagine a double move out of the slot. Yeah. Imagine a you know what I mean either a slant and go or anything. Everybody would jump it on Duvernay mm-hmm. because he never runs right. a deep route. So you go, oh, he's jumping, and then you can go yeah. deep. I never see them break Tennessee anything like that. The bigger the bigger thing for me, Rod. Well, there's two things. One on the on the pass protection issue, we talk about it all the time. What are the two ways you can combat pressure? Either keep more guys in the block and max, max protect, which yep. I didn't really see them do all that much, or 
Get more guys out in a route and get the ball out quicker. LSU. Help your quarterback out. LSU. And that goes back to the staff. <laughs> you didn't do enough to help your guys out. You did. And that's the frustration for me watching this offense. I know Tom Herman's better than what that game plan of was. Of course he is. I know he's, I know he's better. Yeah. And I, my frustration comes from the standpoint that I still believe in this coaching staff. But getting back to what I talked about Matt earlier, yeah, Tom Herman can take the blame and say it's my fault. Okay, that's fine. You, you want to take the blame? Great. Good, good for you for doing that. Yeah. Now go make the change. Now go make the change. Agreed. Go make the necessary change. So I, when you see I, him again, so hopefully you'll see him again. Because I guarantee you, however many people are in the house for that Kansas game, if they see the same game plan where you're basically 11 personnel 90% of the time and you're still throwing, it's a lot of perimeter screens, yeah, that stuff works and maybe it'll work against Kansas, but your focus right now for, for Tom Herman and his team should be everything you do. And this is, people talk about this, Texas back. I think they're back to this point, Rod. This goes back to your days. You talked about that offseason going into the 2001 season. Mm-hmm. Every rep, every bench press rep, every sprint, every part of spring ball, it was always about is what we did today good enough to beat Oklahoma. Agreed. That's, this, that's where this program's mindset needs to be now. Texas has an Oklahoma problem. While everybody listen to this, while you've been slapping fighting with Aggies over who's better or not, all Oklahoma's been doing is winning the damn Big 12. That's it. Going Lincoln to college football Cranking playoffs. out Heisman winners. Yeah. <laughs> Number one overall draft pick. Back to picks. back to back. <laughs> In terms of program. <laughs> like, like, not one, <laughs> not two. And excuse my language if I sound coarse, but in terms of their oh, yeah. tradition, Oklahoma's leaving up. your ass in the dust. No, Oklahoma's a better football program than Texas. So, so if, if, if Tom Herman, no, if Tom Herman Sadly, wants to ascend to the upper echelon of coaches, not just in the country but in the history of this program, Fix the Oklahoma problem, and that's got to be your mindset every day. So what we did today, good enough to beat Oklahoma. Because honestly, if it's good enough to beat Oklahoma, it's good enough to beat anybody else in the league. That should, yeah. If it's good enough to beat Oklahoma, it's good enough to beat Baylor or Iowa State or anybody that's left on the schedule. But to your point, though, if he doesn't fix the problem of you know being a little bit predictable now and maybe roles being too defined and not breaking tendency enough, not being innovative enough, uh, and now you, now we know that the offensive line is susceptible, right, to stunts and twists right. and all those things that now that the exploitable areas within your offense and your blueprint, if you don't fix those, then TCU's got Gary Patterson, who's one of the best defensive minds in football. John Heacock at Iowa State, also one of the best defensive minds in college football. They, they, they'll, they'll expose you. And, and, and Matt, Matt Rule's seen you enough over and the Matt years. Rule, hell, Matt yeah. Rule's one of the best. Football minds, period, at any level, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. So you, that's saying there, are, there are enough really good coaches left on the schedule that will expose you. Yeah. I, I truly believe that's the case. I agree. So, and, and real quick before we get to defense, all right, it is time for our first break on this week's show. But on the other side, there is plenty of more Texas football talk. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns twenty four seven. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns twenty four seven dot com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Um, but we've hammered the offense enough. We talked about special teams, Rod. Let's talk about the defense. How that's almost easier to talk about because yeah, the that's problems easy. are just smack yeah. you right in the face. Get my notes. Um, lost a few more players. Uh, let's, yeah, let's, let's start with the injuries. Let's yeah, let's start, start with the injuries because that'll lead us into everything else. Uh, right? Jeffrey McCulloch, who'd been taken out of the lineup anyway, except for certain situations, and I don't mean to demean him. He's a tremendous young man, um, and his I, I didn't think he's been terrible this year. Um, but Juwan Mitchell was getting dislocated more. shoulder. He's gonna be out for a few weeks. Juwan Mitchell's got an elbow. Sounds like he's gonna play against Kansas, but probably won't practice much if at all this week. Yeah. Uh, you've got Chris Brown fractured forearm. He's out for probably six weeks. So probably maybe the Big Twelve Championship game. If you get there, you get him back. Definitely, yeah. That's on top of Caden Stern still being out. On top of still Josh Thompson being out and Jalen Green still being out. Yep. Uh, man, you got a mash unit on the back end right now, Rod B. And yeah. I guess I guess we'll start with missed tackles. Yeah. Um, I actually have an article up on the site that anybody that's seen it talk, talking about the missed tackles and players talking about missed tackles. Brandon Jones saying they need to take better advantage of Tuesdays in their full pad of practice. And Tom Ehrman even said in the press conference on Monday, yeah, they have been slacking on the physicality a little bit because they've been so beat up. I know. I was going to say, what are you going to do? You can't be physical in practice. Because yeah. damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. At that point. Um, and then Joseph Osai said, well, maybe, you know, he, he himself and everybody else maybe need to work on some tackling drills. I don't know. Rod, I think the, the wow. there's some stuff that's compounding the issues. I think, number one, you do have the injuries. So, you don't – like, Caden Stern's probably your best tackler on the back end. 
yeah. you don't have him right mm-hmm. now. And Josh Thompson, is he one of your best 11? I think that's debatable. He's in that conversation. But at least he's a guy that you can trust to be in the right place. He's a significant right right contributor, time. as uh, at the very Matt would put there. Yeah. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. Going back to our exactly. bust rate yeah. statistics. <laughs> Brandon Jones, good test. So I think the injuries are definitely compounding some things. No question about it. But their technique in open field tackling it's not good. And we've seen yeah. Todd Orlando defenses be really good well. open field tackling defenses. We complimented defenses. that. I mean, as, as early as 2017, we were talking about how the USC game, like they they were in the USC game in large part because of open field tackling. Yeah. With Holton Big Hill and Deshaun Elliott. Yeah, I don't think, I want to say in the Texas Georgia game, I counted like seven missed tackles. I'll go back and, and track it. Hell, the Iowa State game last year was it, one of those. It was eight. Games. It was just eight in the Iowa State game. I this, remember that yeah. one. It was this just year was a bit of a surprise once we started to see some. Like, I know that we were at least expecting the team to be one of the strengths is just being, I mean, the back being end sound. tackle. And, exactly. Yeah, you got, they do. yeah. but as, as you pointed out, the injuries. I mean, you've, yeah. lost, you've lost starters for stretches. I mean, you've lost B.J. Foster for a stretch. You lost Caden Stearns for a stretch, Jalen Green for a stretch. Now put inexperience now, in space. Yeah, Josh Thompson now, Chris Brown. And, I mean, that's four to five starters and significant tributes in the secondary yeah. alone that you've lost for stretches. And now the linebackers, you're going to lose Jeffrey McCulloch for a stretch. I mean, the truth is injuries might be the biggest reason why we've seen the the tackling deteriorate in the back end because the, the secondary is where it's been the right. most. But I'll, glaring. I'll yeah. say this too, Rod. You can have personnel deficiencies and you can have experience deficiencies, and Texas certainly at this point has both, both of those. Yeah, but everybody says this is my favorite word on the podcast. But <laughs> you can also have game plans like we talked about on offense, where guys aren't being put in the best positions to succeed, and that can compound your problem. Very true. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah, when you go up against the best dual threat quarterback in the country and you don't have a spy, that's absurd uh, at all. That's that's absurd. That's, We've talked about like you can see by the. Yeah. You can't spy the it's whole game because a guy like IQ. Like, yeah, that's that's yeah. You can't yeah. You can't do it every game. But I didn't see or every down. But you didn't, I didn't see it at all. I don't. I think I maybe won, and I think maybe Juwan Mitchell got caught up in some maybe trash. By the somewhere. third or fourth maybe, quarter, but, but I, they didn't do it at early, all. You thought that would have been the first thing you do is just well, and you, you want see. everybody understands that Jalen Hurts is as a runner is at his most dangerous when he's running. He's outside the pocket. So you would think initially you'd be like no no. We want even BJ Foster when he was talking trash, and we'll get into the trash talk too. He said they're going to have to beat us throwing the ball. I assume that means Jalen Hurts was going to be in the pocket with a spy on him, and then you're going to force him either to extend the play mm-hmm. or basically to stay in the pocket to beat you. And no, on some third and longs, they would just let they. It was like part. I mean, the, the, no, no, the I mean Jalen Hurts like just, the Red Sea, and he would just go okay. He saw I'll that, take on, this, that. I'll take the first down. Exactly. The entire time he's sitting there and just assessing the defense, and if he sees any void, he's just going to take it immediately. And he identified and just took it, and Texas defense was giving it to him constantly. Because the whole point was take away his first read, make him go through progressions in the pocket, what he's not good at doing, which is what they did in the red zone very well, and forced him to making bad decisions. And yeah, yet, and, and you would s- let him look at his first his first read, look maybe look at his second and go, and then let him just have free space to run? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't get it. That that didn't make sense. Well, and familiar he knew look. They had vertical routes and he had plenty of space. We we all, whether it's Rodby, you as a player, and even you know you were still following this program when you were in the league, and Matt and you and I as, as fans at the time, and me being in the media watching it, we all got real familiar during Vince Young's time here with how how do you defend a dual threat quarterback? Like what yeah. do you take away? Yeah, how do? You? And Tom Herman said one of the things they wanted to do they wanted to play man to take away the pop passes and some of the double moves. Understood. Understand. But how often did we hear? Did we see from Vince Young playing man is probably the worst thing you can do when yeah. you're facing you a dual threat quarterback? You got to do it with a spy because everybody's back is turned to the quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. Well, once I'm in man, I can't. I can't. I can't have two eyes. I can't. You know, I can't have my eyes in two places at once. So but they I, just play man coverage straight up, right? Play man with no fine. spy. Then the quarterback needs a man too. Yeah. yeah. Whole thing. If you and you didn't man, do that. That's cool. But give the quarterback a man, especially as a dual threat. What you, so I, I'm with you. I understood the whole thing about man, but I'm mad at Tom Herman for not going well. You need to put a man on Jalen Hurts. Who's going to be our man on Jalen Hurts then? I think yep. I don't want to boil it down this, this to this rudimentary level, but it's almost like if you look at the offensive staff and the defensive staff, it's almost like the offensive staff didn't think enough about what they needed to do, and the defensive staff way overthought things. Like we need to take away this and this. No. First off, take away the running quarterback that gained 131 yards on you. Like, take away what he does well. That's why I love Todd Orlando's game plan against Oklahoma State, which, by the way, for the Oklahoma State game, you still had Jalen, you still had Jalen Green and Caden Stearns and Josh Thompson and all these other guys. But I digress. 
But Todd Orlando decided in that Oklahoma State game, what did he decide? Tylen Wallace is not going to beat us. Mm. They were going to take away Tylen Wallace. Taking away Tylen Wallace. And if Chuba Hubbard's going to run for a lot of yards, he's going to need 40 carries to get it because we're going to be aggressive against the run. We're going to take away the run. So basically, what are we going to leave him with? If Spencer Sanders can beat us throwing the ball in verticals, great. We've got to take away something. It's like in this game, they just, I don't know what they were trying to take away. <laughs> I, they were trying to take away the people without the ball, preventing the guys from getting say, the ball yeah. without ne- totally to- negating the guy with the ball the whole time because that's the default of a dual-threat quarterback. He already has it. He's a weapon. I think initially, yeah, exactly. And we know Tyler Lando, his modus operandi initially, he wants to take away the run. And when he can't take away the run, he wants to take away the run, number one, and make you one-dimensional. That's just the top priority. Number two, he, once he makes you one-dimensional, then he wants to pressure the quarterback. And then number three, force turnovers. When he can't stop the run, which he did not do successfully versus Oklahoma, his blueprint, his blueprint d- disintegrates. The most effort given up by a Todd Orlando defense. Yeah, it, it, it disintegrates. And I've seen this happen with him before. Once he can't do that, then he has really no counter. His counter usually is, I'll wait till I get in the red zone. I'll bend <laughs> but don't break. Just get in the red zone. And, then I, and he does. He plays actually really good yeah. red zone deep. Because we it, it did makes sense. this game. Against Lincoln Riley, a man who's trying to create space with mm-hmm. all of these different concepts, with the, the jet sweep motions and the bunch formations and everything. He's creating space where there is no space. When the space shrinks considerably, that's when it's that's when it's easier to defend a leak and rally offense. You can't run the defenders. You can't run. Out of yeah, the box I don't have to defend the deep ball and all that kind of stuff. Can yeah, just run. Underneath so for Tarlando, I think what what really killed him in the game, honestly, is number one. I think his game plan was flawed because dude, just have a spy. And like you said, he he tried to take away. Like the the deep ball and try to take away all the deep explosive plays, all the things that could happen with the ball. Yes, instead, instead of, of taking away the, the, ball the run, is. that's what they do better. He should he would have been better just selling out to stop the run and then just saying, you know what, I'll take my chance with my corners. Because the truth is, Anthony Cook might have had the best game on defense of any defender. And I didn't think Deshaun Jameson was terrible. He was like, he was good. Like the, the two, the, the one area, the defense <laughs> we, were we were worried about. about they actually played, considering circumstances, pretty well. So I was like. I think he should just sold out to stop the run and said, "Screw it! You know what? Beat me! Go beat my! Go beat my young corners!" If Ceedee Lamb's going to beat, beat you, if CD Lamb's going to beat you anyway, make him beat you at least where your corners have a chance to go make a play. What's your best cover man anyway? You know what I mean? Now it worked Lamb against any kinda, conventional offense yeah. from thirty years ago, but so, you're about three decades yeah. too late. So I agree one. with your initial assessment. He almost it was always overthinking. It's like, no, dude, you stop the run. That's what you do all the time. And then once you stop the run and make them one dimensional. You did it against Georgia last year. I'm sure. You know, I know you can do it against them too. I mean, you can do it. I know you can do it. And he didn't do that. And then the whole damn thing disintegrated. And then let's be honest. I don't know if any game plan works when you miss 21 tackles. And I was being conservative when yeah. I counted the number. I'll give you the number really quickly because I well, I said well, now no, I counted. Lehman and Hurts alone you can, had like Rod. You don't have to break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pro Football Focus said, and Joe, uh, my man Jeff told me this the other night. Uh, C.D. Lamb, I believe, had seven. Seven And Hurts had six. All right, a little pause for the cause right here. One more break on the show, but when we come back, we will wrap this thing up and put it in the oven on this edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. And now for an important announcement. Do you, or does someone you know, sweat the bed? Do you ever wake up feeling like you've been sleeping on a slip and slide? Sweating the bed is a serious but a common problem that affects your sleep, health, and happiness. Plus, it's just plain gross. But it's not you. It's your mattress. Fortunately, there is a cure. It's called Purple. Purple is the only mattress with a scientifically engineered smart comfort grid. This patented technology is designed to let air flow freely so you sleep cool. Side effects of sleeping on Purple include sleeping better, feeling better, and, well, honestly, smelling better. Try the Purple mattress risk-free for 100 nights and never sweat the bed again. And for a limited time, pick a free Purple product with your mattress purchase by texting AWESOME to 84888. The coolest sleep of your life and a free Purple product by texting AWESOME to 84888. That's A-W-E-S-O-M-E to 84888. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. 
Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applied. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. And now for an important announcement. Do you, or does someone you know, sweat the bed? Do you ever wake up feeling like you've been sleeping on a slip and slide? Sweating the bed is a serious but a common problem that affects your sleep, health, and happiness. Plus, it's just plain gross. But it's not you. It's your mattress. Fortunately, there is a cure. It's called Purple. Purple is the only mattress with a scientifically engineered smart comfort grid. This patented technology is designed to let air flow freely so you sleep cool. Side effects of sleeping on Purple include sleeping better, feeling better, and, well, honestly, smelling better. Try the Purple mattress risk-free for 100 nights and never sweat the bed again. And for a limited time, pick a free Purple product with your mattress purchase by texting AWESOME to 84888. The coolest sleep of your life and a free Purple product by texting AWESOME to 84888. That's A-W-E-S-O-M-E to 84888. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 9999. That's promo code 9999 at Vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. For the Horn family, for the Horns247 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news...